Hello, and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go a fur. With me this week is Andy, GopherGuy05. We're a hockey blog now. Blake, Iowa Gopher. Absolutely thrilled to be here. And you, Street. Hey, y'all. Despite my chipper tone, I too am less than pleased with last week's game. Basically, I kind of feel like just pulling the Tim Brewster and moving on, so that's what we're going to do. Um, coincidentally, fuck you, Iowa. Um, it's Purdue week, so it's another Friday game, which we already know puts Blake into a tremendous mood. Uh, Blake, just talk to me. Purdue's offense, is there a chance in hell that Minnesota's defense stops them? Uh, for one thing, let me just say I'm glad this is the final Friday night of the uh, <laughs> of the season. Uh, I didn't like it to begin with, and now that the Gophers are bad, it just kind of feels like the spotlight is on them every Friday night, and everyone can just bask in the terribleness. And I'd rather just get lost in the Saturday shuffles, and hopefully after this Friday, that's what will happen. Uh, as far as Purdue goes, um, you know, they're coached by Jeff Brom. They love to air it out. Their quarterback this year is uh, Aiden O'Connell, who's actually a former walk-on. And I believe he's third in the Big Ten in passing yards, and I think he's tied for fourth in passing touchdowns right now. Um, but he also happens to be second in pass attempts uh, in the Big Ten, despite having one game uh, canceled already this season. So if you couldn't tell, Purdue likes to, to throw the ball. Um, unfortunately, they've done so without Rondell Moore, who originally opted out of the season, then opted back in, uh, but has not played uh, at all so far this season. And according to our friends at Hammer and Rails, uh, it's a state secret uh, what his situation is. Um, so who knows if he'll be available this Friday, and if he is, who knows what kind of shape he'll be in because um, no one knows what his situation is or presumably what injury he's dealing with. Um, but instead of Rondell Moore, O'Connell's favorite target has been David Bell, who I think was last year's uh, freshman wide receiver of the year. And uh, he's been as good as advertised. He hauls in about 31 receptions for 321 receiving yards and four touchdowns. Um, he's got a he's gotten decent support from their sophomore wide receiver Milton Wright. Um, but really beyond that, Purdue has, hasn't really tapped into their receiving core yet. Uh, they've got a couple of good tight ends. Uh, their redshirt sophomore tight end Payne Durham um, is a pretty re- reliable target in the passing game. He's got nine receptions for 97 receiving yards. So for as much as I like to sling it, Aiden O'Connell is really not spread it out that much. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they spread it out against uh, Minnesota. Um, but I think obviously everyone wants to know how well does Purdue run the ball? Obviously, they're probably going to run it pretty well against Minnesota, but up to this point, they've been pretty much a one-man show. They've got uh, Xander Horvath is their running back. He's the only running back on the roster this season that has a, has a rushing yard to his name. It's been all him for their three games so far. He's 6'3", 230 pounds, white dude. He's just a Bronco that uh, just needs to be gang-tackled and even then can drag defenders you know, multiple yards. Uh, he is... Tough to bring down, and for a team like Minnesota that struggles to tackle, I am already having anxiety over how much he's going to uh, run past this defense on Friday. And he's also pretty involved in the passing game, too. He's been a safety valve for Aiden O'Connell. He's actually third on the team in receptions. So. And their offensive line, kind of shaky, not a ton of confidence there. Um, they've had some. Str- they've been a factor in the Boilermakers' struggles to establish a running game. Um, and their inconsistent play is really also stretched into pass protection too. Um, I think they're at allowing an average of about three sacks per game. So um, kind of an interesting Purdue offense. Uh, they've had three tightly contested games so far this season, haven't put up a ton of points in doing so. Um, 
But yeah, I'll be interested to see what approach they take against Michigan or against Minnesota, knowing that they don't really run the ball that well. But Minnesota obviously can't defend the run, so we'll see. You know, there was a point early in the season where I might have said that was a really mean slight to Michigan, uh, what you just did. Um, but now it might be a compliment for Minnesota. I don't know. Michigan sucks right now too, so yay. Uh, Blake, or sorry, Street. Andy, I don't really care which one of you answers first. Is there a chance in hell that the Minnesota defense, you know, makes us happy this week? I mean, yeah, there's a chance. Um, missing Benjamin St. Juice for another game against a big passing team is, is not going to be helpful. Um, you know, obviously Purdue will probably be doing everything they can to make sure they get David Bell up against a cornerback not named Coney Durr because, um, you know, Coney could at least somewhat defend any of the robust, anybody else we have back there on Bell, it's just going to be a awful mismatch. Um, so, I mean, if, if Minnesota has a chance, they're going to have to do two things. One, they're going to have to get pressure on O'Connell consistently. Um I don't know if we've seen that at all this season. You know, in bursts, yes, but consistently, not really. Um, and they're going to have to get some decent coverage on the tight end, whether that's going to be one of the myriad of linebackers, whether that's going to be some safeties over the middle. Um, and I don't think Minnesota's really shown great success at doing that. So is there a chance? Yeah, sure. I mean... Anybody can throw interceptions if, if, if you get some pressure on them and things like that. But um, the Gophers are going to have to do things consistently for 60 minutes that they have not yet been able to do consistently for 60 minutes. If this was NCAA 14, basically overload blitz with pass pass option on and putting like cover four behind it for every play and then nanoing the defensive tackle in such a way as to deal with the glitch in the game. Absent that, no, the gopher defense is going to get ruled. Inspiring. It, that actually makes me feel worse if that's possible. Uh, Blake, okay, so Purdue's offense is a thing that we probably won't stop. What about their defense? Talk about that uh, so we can think about whether Minnesota's offense will keep up with the points they need to score. Uh, you know, credit where credit due is due. They This defense has improved from a season ago. They fired uh, defense coordinator Nick Holt, replaced him with Bob Diaco, who I would cheer to Wait, are, are we about to have to listen to you compliment Bob Diaco? I, I was just about to say I, I would charitably describe his track record as dubious. Um but this season they they have improved. Last season they ranked you know 99th in rushing defense, 94th pass defense, 86th in scoring defense, and this year they've improved to 54th in rushing defense and 39th in scoring defense. So some credit to Bob Diaco by some miracle. It's 2020, so take that with a grain of salt. They are playing better defensively, um, but I am left to believe there will be running lanes for Mohamed Ibrahim up front. Um, it's possible they could be without. Their star defensive end, George Karloftis, who suffered an ankle injury against Illinois. Dressed but didn't play against Northwestern, so I'll be curious to see if he's active uh, this Friday. Beyond him, on the defensive line, they've got a defense tackle named Lorenzo O'Neal, who had a pretty good game against Northwestern. They held their rushing attack to about 80 yards, which is pretty impressive. Um, against Illinois and Iowa, didn't have as much success against the run, so they're a little inconsistent, and I'll be curious to see... Obviously, Minnesota is going to run the ball, so I'll be curious how they do against that defensive front. 
Um, they do have a couple linebackers that can wreak havoc in the backfield. Uh, Derek Barnes and Demarcus Mitchell, guys just rack up tackles for loss. So if Minnesota can't get the running game going, that'll it'll probably be because of those two guys. Um, as far as defending the pass, they really have not been able to generate much of a pass rush. Uh, through three games, they have three sacks, and Carl Loftus is responsible for two of them. Um, and their secondary plays a lot of soft zone, you know, to keep the receivers in front of them, limit, limit big plays through the air. Uh, but that makes them vulnerable to that short and intermediate passing game. And I know Northwestern is one team that just kind of nickeled and dimed their way down the field. And considering Minnesota does not have a vertical passing game, I would assume that's music to Mike Sanford's ears, but I'm not going to presume to understand his game plans because I haven't understood him up to this point. Um, and really their linebackers have struggled in pass coverage too, especially on those underneath routes. But um, where Minnesota will really need to execute is in the red zone. Uh, Purdue actually has a pretty good red zone defense uh, teams have made 17 trips into the red zone this season, and Purdue's only allowed eight touchdowns and three field goals, uh, which ranks him fifth nationally in red zone defense. So I know that's that's an area where Minnesota hasn't has had mixed success. I mean, especially against Iowa, they really struggled getting even close to the red zone. Um, so that's that'll be, to me, where the game – I actually I don't think the game will be decided there because I don't think Minnesota's defense will give much of a chance. But the success of Minnesota's offense, I think, will be finishing drives, getting in the red zone, and getting touchdowns, and hopefully they'll be able to do that. So, Street, is there a, a, a NCAA 14 exploit that will describe how Minnesota's offense will totally keep up with? Is like Mo Ibrahim, is there a Mo Ibrahim exploit that you can cheer me with? I mean, I guess you do the kind of two back strong and then you'd run a lot of stuff behind the fullback if you were a heavy rushing offense. Practically, no. The lack of a vertical passing game is frustrating, to say the least, particularly with the wide receivers and the ostensible talent that exists at tight end. One of the very confusing things, and I think Blake has alluded to it, uh, Andy alluded to it. Andy didn't just allude to it. Back on the initial great takes in week two against Maryland, he uh, deluged it <laughs> with a lot of expletive. Is that Sanford's play calling and the offensive game planning in general have been very bad this year. And they have been very bad without the excuse the defense has. The defense has a reasonable excuse to the extent you find it reasonable that it has put in a lot of people who weren't playing last year, and it lost a lot of NFL talent. The offense does not have that at all. Yes, it is now the case with Rodney Smith in the NFL. You got a couple of NFL players on offense, but basically everybody was back. It is hard to fathom the regression from this offense that is just like, oh, the players didn't get any better, or, oh, this is... Uh, mostly a COVID problem because it can't be at this point. This is just futility from a game planning perspective. Uh, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Let's put it this way. Should uh, Penn State decide they would like to part with Kirk Sharaka if maybe you get the band back together? But either way, I would be very happy at the end of this year to move on from, from Mike Sanford. Andy, you've shared many thoughts. Do, I mean, do, are we? Uh, I I know we only got to see Simon for one game, but are we? I mean, was it? Do you think Simon like lucked into a game plan? He just took a Shiraka game plan and ran with it, or do you think he's simply not being allowed to be heard? It's totally Sanford. Like we're, we're you know, I wasn't totally uh, 
concerned in part because they had a guy who stepped in and was able to show some, some something. And I figured they'd at least listen to him. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's interesting. You know, I think obviously PJ had to bring in a new quarterback coach after, after Kirk went to Penn state and uh, he, he must just have this feeling that he wants his quarterback coach and, and the OC to be the one calling plays because yeah, Matt Simon called a great game plan in the Outback Bowl, and and you know in theory he's still the co-OC. Um, you know that would be I'd love to be a fly on the wall and try and figure out exactly how involved he is in in coming up with things or whatever. Or if basically Sanford is just sort of taking control because yeah, the game plans this year have been awful. I mean, uh, whether it be where you're putting Rashad Bateman lining up, lining him up in the slot. So yeah, you can work that dink and dunk game with him, but you're taking away his vertical threat, which has made him so good in 2019. Um, Tanner Morgan has regressed horribly. His, his, he gets two reads at most right now. Um, He's been staring down guys left and right. So whatever quarterback coaching that at Sanford's been doing has been horrible. Um, and, you know, we, we had some initial concerns when he was hired, um, you know, and I think most of the Gopher fans sort of brushed them off, not really taking them seriously. But, I mean, you look everywhere Mike Sanford's been. He took Jordan Love, who admittedly Jordan Love was still a first-round NFL draft pick, but Jordan Love was one of the best quarterbacks in the country in 2018, and he regressed significantly in 2019. Um, he had one season as the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, and they went four and eight and it wasn't all his fault, but I mean, the offense was putrid that year. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's questionable and, you know, and obviously we're mid season and so we can start bringing up these discussions, but, um, you know, as we get towards the end of the year here, these are questions that are going to be brought up big time is if Sanford's allowed to come back next year, what gives anybody any confidence that this is going to be better? Because you're probably, in theory, going to be bringing back most everybody on this offense. Um, you know, there'll probably be a couple people like Coquif and things like that will be moving on. But, and obviously Rashad Bateman's headed to the NFL. Uh, but, I mean, you'll have the rest of your receivers. You'll have Mo back. You'll have Tanner back. You'll have, hopefully, the right side of your offensive line back. There, there's going to be some serious questions. So, um, you know... Bringing it back to Purdue, it'll be interesting to see if they can come up with a game plan because it, it seems like they've they've taken a, a one-dimensional look at things. At Maryland, it was okay. Um, we knew Maryland was bad against the run, so we just decided we were going to run, 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 and just completely eschew the pass. Um, you know, obviously we hear that the short passing game would be Purdue's weakness. Is Sanford going to go in, and, and are we going to try and just dink and dunk all over Purdue on Friday night and, and forget about everything else? I, I legitimately don't know. It seems like our game plans haven't been really well balanced and haven't been making a lot of sense. Um, hopefully that fixes itself this Friday, but I, I don't have high hopes. So much optimism and happiness. I, I love you all. All right. I guess we're a hockey blog now says go for guy 05 um and rumor has it we have hockey almost starting immediately now so i got i'm gonna turn it your way again andy give me some hockey 
Well, here's where we can go with our preseason optimism that, you know, we'll just wait a few weeks for our hopes to be crushed and, and ground into into dust. Uh, but the, uh, yes, the, the hockey season starts, uh, I was going to say this weekend, but it's not even this weekend, thanks to the weird Big Ten schedule. Uh, Minnesota and Penn State kick off their seasons Thursday night at Mary Arena, 730 on BTN. Um, the Gophers were voted... Uh, likely to finish first in the conference by the Big Ten coaches. Um, you know, they, they return both goalies from a year ago. They return uh, a good chunk of their offensive firepower. Um, you know, the three sophomores on the blue line have taken another year of experience. They've got two uh, pretty highly touted freshmen coming in, uh, Mike Coster from Chaska and, and Brock Faber, who was a second-round draft pick a couple months ago by the L.A. Kings. So the talent is there. It's just going to be being able to uh, being able to execute and and make it shine on the ice. Um, you know, there'll be a good test right away. The Gophers play, as we said, Thursday Thursday night, then come back quick Friday afternoon as a lead into the football game, um, and then they come back and host Ohio State uh, next Tuesday Wednesday, uh, two weeknight games right away with with limited breaks in between so it's definitely going to be a weird season um but hopefully in the first four games we should have a pretty good idea uh you know hopefully this team is clicking and and looks good and and can take advantage um you know honestly even if they're not we should be happy that there are playing hockey uh the trend this week has been really negative in college hockey um several eastern schools have uh announced that they're not playing at all this year they're canceling their season uh, the ECAC, which is normally 10 schools out east, they're down to four right now uh, with the Ivy League saying they're not playing and then Union and RPI uh, in the last day or two coming out and saying they're not going to be playing this year. Uh, Alaska Anchorage is not playing, they they uh, announced earlier, or late last week, I guess. And uh, just a few hours ago, news broke that Colorado College is suspending everything for two weeks due to COVID issues. They were supposed to start their season December 1st in uh, the NCHC bubble in Omaha. Now they're going to have to completely figure out that schedule all over because Colorado College won't be able to play games for a week, and they're supposed to be playing three games the first week. So um, it's going to be a cluster, just like football is, just like basketball sounds like it's going to be. So we should be happy and take whatever games we can because there's no guarantee that we're going to get many games uh, after. So um, tune in Thursday night, Friday afternoon, and then next uh, next Tuesday, Wednesday, and, and hope that uh, the hockey team can uh, sort of bring a little bit of happiness back to, uh, to go for sports. Is the are the women starting this weekend or next weekend? Yes, the women also start this weekend. Uh, they, they kick off their season against Ohio State. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon at Ritter. Um, no TV. They'll be streaming for a fee on, on BTN+. Plus. Um, it, it should be a pretty good matchup. The Gophers were predicted second, finished second at the WCHA, Ohio State third. Um, it's a rematch of the uh, WCHA semifinals a year ago when the, the Buckeyes ended the Gophers season. Um, and it was going to be a, a rematch in the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament before COVID put a kibosh on that. So um, Buckeyes return uh, Andrea Brandley, who was the uh, preseason pick for goaltender of the year in the WCHA. Um, and, and they've got some uh, pretty good scoring talent as well. The Gophers uh, are starting a new goalie this year, Lauren Bench, who was at uh, Bemidji State, transferred in. And she'll probably be the uh, number one goalie for the Gophers. Um, and so... 
Chiefs probably not as, as quote, quite as good as Minnesota's had in net for the last few seasons, so it's going to be a little bit more pressure on the offense to uh, be able to outscore teams and, and for the defense to keep the puck away from her and uh, clean up any, any rebounds and things like that. But uh, either way, the Gophers should be in, in pretty good shape and should be fighting for the top of the WCHA. And then, you know, who knows what an NCAA tournament will actually look like whenever that may or may not be played. Um, you know, I know... We saw that the uh, basketball tournament sounds like they're going to go to all one regional location in, in near the Indianapolis. They announced that uh, on Monday. Uh, I would not be surprised if hockey decides to do the same thing if there's enough teams still left playing by the time March or April runs around to have a tournament. So um, it, it's going to be a weird season, uh, but, you know, uh, watch as many games as you can on, on TV because uh, I think I think they're going to be good and uh we need all the positivity we can get right now all right so prediction time uh you know what i don't know what i predicted for a score i'm not bothering to look it up i picked minnesota to win it's a homer pick at this point there's no logic behind it they haven't proven that i'm going to be right so uh i don't know street what do you got for for your prediction I believe the prediction on the blog, as I have said for most weeks of the season, will be a shootout 91-90 Minnesota's victory. What, uh, if you asked me to bet on that, I probably would flip who I expect to win the game, though I don't know how far away I'd be from the Purdue score. But still, you'd bet the under. Uh, well, I might, I might bet the over, but I wouldn't bet that Minnesota was contributing a lot to it. Good, fair enough. Uh, Andy? What's your what's your prediction? Yeah, you know, I, I gave uh, – well, I mean, I still took Iowa last week, but I, I had faith that the Gopher offense would uh, not completely disappear, and they did. And, and um, you know, while I don't think the Purdue defense is as good as the uh, Iowa defense, although Purdue already beat Iowa this year, um, th- that offense is too good, and our defense is just lost. So um, – I'll take the Boilermakers probably 42-27 or something like that because, of course, we'll miss a kick in there somewhere because that's also been a, a woe that we've had to deal with for some reason. But, um, yeah, either way, I don't I don't think it's going to be great, and I think there'll be a lot of, uh, a lot of TVs getting turned off in the third quarter Friday night. All right, Blake, um, you have been a uh, just a – a bastion of optimism on your predictions all year. I assume you've selected Minnesota to win by at least two touchdowns. Let me first say that I plan to watch the hockey game on Thursday night. Uh, I was called out recently for my lack of hockey knowledge, so I plan to have some hockey thoughts um, at this time next week for our podcast. There, I just want to say if there is one positive to take away from the descent, the unexpected swift descent of this football team into uh, less than goodness uh it is that we have suddenly turned blake into a hockey contributor we'll see how long that lasts uh but i'm getting started so that's that's the important thing um as far as my football game prediction um tempting as it is to pick minnesota by at least two touchdowns or more um i'm gonna have to go with my brain here and pick purdue 35 minnesota 20 because i just can't in good conscience uh, bet on this Minnesota defense until they show me that they can beat a team with some semblance of an offense with all due respect to Illinois. Illinois. <laughs> all right. So I have a question for you guys. Um, we need, we need levity. 
in our world, uh, obviously. Uh, um, Blake, would you be willing to enter into a new bit where you pick one thing you didn't understand and ask about it on the podcast? It could be a, 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 you know, a call that you didn't get or just a why did they choose to do something this way? Would you be up for trying to come up with one new question every week? Is this for football or hockey? Oh, this is for hockey. Hockey, absolutely. I was going to say football. I don't know how many questions I can ask, but hockey, I, I, I get you a laundry list of questions. No, I was. Uh, there's no world in which I try to insult insult you and say you you can't you need to ask things you don't understand about football. I am sure there are things, as with all of us, that you may not fully understand about the game of football. But I think they're going to be a little more entertaining if we ask them about hockey. Yeah, so if most of my football ones would be <coughs> questions for Mike Sanford, but hockey ones, yes. <laughs> and I we can, we eventually have to try to respect something resembling a clean rating of you know at least be within two miles of it and i don't think your sanford questions would probably (laughs) would probably go there um okay well let's remember that for next week let's do that as a new bit uh blake uh we blake asks about hockey um in the meantime friends obviously this is not the best football season we've ever experienced especially coming you know off of i think god knows i picked eight no and i knew it was homer when i did it but i didn't think it was this much homer just do whatever you need to do to be happy. This is a this is a pandemic. Do not bang your head against the wall of frustration over Gopher football. Do what makes you happy. Uh, we're gonna keep trying to keep it light here as much as we can, while also you know actually talking about the games because you know that's what we do. Uh, but uh, you know, don't make sure you're leaving yourself some room on a on a Friday night to play a game, Zoom call with friends, something else. If that's what's necessary. I do not feel bad at all about skipping the Iowa game last week. I don't care. People can rag on me for it. Best decision I made. I left with zero frustration in comparison to what I would have had had I watched. So that's me actively for the first time in my life saying something like that out loud. And it's a pandemic. It's 2020. The rules are out the window. Chaos season is here. Embrace it, friends, while also remembering to embrace wearing your mask, washing your hands, social distancing. Probably don't do things with a whole bunch of people right now. It's kind of bad out there. And as always, go Gophers. Skyuma, row the boat.